From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm David Schultz. One of the realities of this global pandemic is that many people are experiencing it away from their usual place of residence. Some people have gone to be with their family or to their second home while the coronavirus spreads. Other people would like to return home but can't because they were traveling abroad when all the shelter-at-home orders took effect, and now they're stuck. Regardless of why people are dislocated, they're now faced with a very difficult question. Where do I pay taxes? And this question isn't just important for individuals. It may be an even more pressing issue for employers who may have to start withholding taxes in states or even countries where they've never operated before. Bloomberg tax reporters Siri Belusu and Isabel Gottlieb wrote a story that examines all the different problems that are coming up as a result of these unexpected sojourns. And on this episode, we're featuring a conversation between the two. Isabel says it's still an open question whether states will actually go after someone who just spends a month or two living with their parents. I think if it's a month, what does Connecticut care? If it's six months and all of these states are broke? I don't know, like, how do they prove it? Do I have to submit my, you know, easy pass receipts to show when I was on the highway? I don't, I don't know how crazy they'll get with this stuff. And practitioners are making this point to me that, like, on the on the international level, too, if it's a few weeks, if it's even a few months, is it really worth the effort? But if you're talking about a year's worth of tax revenue from a bunch of people, yeah, we could use that money. How is this issue being talked about by your sources? And when did you start hearing about it? This is something that I've been hearing almost since the beginning of the stay-at-home orders when workers um, started sheltering in place. And the concern is that employees are working from home or from houses belonging to their family, someplace they're not usually working. And if that's across state lines or even across international boundaries, they could start to trigger new tax obligations for their employers. The concern is that the company could end up owing tax in that state, the employee could end up owing tax in that state, and in either of those circumstances, it's a lot for the company to then have to go figure out what they owe where. What is it that companies are looking for from states in terms of guidance? Um, Is there anything that they have right now in order to help them um, figure out what their tax obligations are ahead of actually getting a tax bill? So the best case scenario would actually be not guidance from states, but federal legislation. And that's something that a few people have told us they're hoping for, that Congress passes something that says, if you end up working from a state for a certain amount of time because of the coronavirus, it shouldn't affect where you pay tax as an individual, as an employee. Um, That obviously has not happened yet. Um, Failing that, there have been kind of individual statements by certain states. New Jersey, for instance, came out pretty early and said they would overlook tax obligations that are incurred by individuals working remotely in one way or another uh, during the pandemic. But that's been kind of spotty on a state-by-state basis, and a lot of states haven't said that yet. So it sounds like companies are just stuck in this phase of uncertainty. There's the uncertainty about the tax obligations. And then on top of it, there's the uncertainty of how long this outbreak is actually going to last. So what is it that they're doing? There's not much really that they can do. They're trying to comply with the tax laws wherever they operate. And 
the best they can do really is make sure they're doing their best to know where people are, um, support their employees in understanding what their individual tax obligations might be, and then uh, from the company's side, what the company would owe, for example, if the company has to withhold state tax, and then hope that the crisis ends soon, the same way all of us are hoping, um, uh, for this reason among many others, and do their best to track you know, where people are and what guidance has come out of different governments and what tax they'll owe in these places as a result. So let's unpack the actual taxes here. So there's the potential for state tax and also international tax. Yes. Um, The issues we've been talking about regarding states are just as important when we start talking about international borders. Um, Imagine you're a company in... Uh, in Europe, you may have employees crossing the border between the Netherlands and Germany, for example. A company is on one side of the border, workers come from the other side. Um, so a number of countries, neighboring countries in Europe, have actually put out statements saying they've agreed to overlook the implications of cross-border work during this crisis. So Somebody who should be working in one country but is sheltering at home across the border is all right. Um, But that's, again, a limited number of countries that have said that. So what are some of those tax implications of having employees working cross-border? So the big concern on an international tax level is permanent establishment. And that's the threshold at which a company would become taxable in another jurisdiction, another country. So... You may have never previously done enough business or had uh, enough workers or had a worker doing important enough work in Belgium to be taxable in Belgium. But now you have some employees um, who have gone home to Belgium and now you owe tax there. If you have a permanent establishment, you become taxable in that country. It opens you up to corporate income tax and you also would have to worry about what the employee themselves owes in that country. Um, There is some hope for companies worried about this issue. Tax treaties, bilateral tax treaties in between two different countries largely contain clauses that explain when a permanent establishment is created. And according to some recent analysis from the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the PE clauses in tax treaties should not be triggered in this situation. Um, In other words, a remote worker during this crisis should not create a permanent establishment under a treaty. Um, That's good news for companies worried about this issue. But what happens if this, as with the state level, if this crisis continues for months and months longer, um, and as one practitioner put it to me, Uh, we're talking about a permanent establishment, this stops looking like a temporary work from home and it begins to look like you may actually have somebody permanently in place if they're going to be working their home, you know, for months, the rest of the year. Uh, None of us really know. That was Isabel Gottlieb speaking with Siri Belusu about their story on interstate and international tax liabilities. You can find up-to-the-minute news on the latest developments from Capitol Hill at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. 
That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Kyle Trigstad, politics editor for Bloomberg Government. And I'm Greg Giroux, senior elections reporter for Bloomberg Government. Check out our podcast, Down Ballot Counts. Each week, Greg and I will be breaking down all of those down ballot elections that make up the fight for the U.S. Congress. Listen and subscribe to Down Ballot Counts from Bloomberg Government wherever you get your podcasts.